1: We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat.
0: Mmm, bacon. Hey friends, welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show, and today you're listening to episode nine.
1: Today we're going to be talking to Charlie and Beth Parrish, a great couple that we know that has a really good story about keto and carnivore.
0: I'm sure you guys are wondering what in the world does PTSD and femur break have to do with keto and carnivore? But you're gonna find out, so just hang on for the ride.
1: It's been a really great week. We've had a lot of good interviews and as everyone knows we've been doing our carnivore experiment. Well we're gonna change it up and see what happens.
0: We're doing a higher protein, a little bit lower fat. I'm not sure how low in fat I can go because I really love it, but we are going to experiment on ourselves. We're basically human guinea pigs by this point, (laughs) so it's really fun.
1: Well, you've already seen some changes. You did a PR this
2: week.
0: I did a PR on my front squat this week, which front squat for me is kind of difficult. So 130 pounds for me was kind of a big deal I thought (laughs) it was fun and I was super excited about being able to do that I feel like my strength has really increased since we've done the carnivore diet
1: well I know you can pretty much lift everything. So. I can
0: lift all the weights. Basically, I'm Arnold. So let's let's talk a little bit about Charlie and Beth, because you're wondering, probably wondering, who in the world are Charlie and Beth Parrish? Well, Beth is a certified equestrian coach and author. She created Inspired Riding, which is a heart-based riding system that offers online courses, video coaching, and other fun horse-related things. Her fiction book, The String Keeper's Wish, is a time travel adventure where horses and humans unite to save the world. She also promotes healthy living through her two direct sales companies, and we'll post more about that in our show notes. But you've read The String Keeper's Wish, right?
1: I have. I'm a science fiction time travel fan, and it was a really good book. Really impressed on how she tied all that together. Whenever you do time time travel, you're always like, how do they keep things straight? So it's really good, really good read.
0: Oh, awesome. So people can go and find that for sure on her blog.
1: Now, Charlie is what we call a jack of all trades. Uh, at a very young age, he decided he wanted to lead a life of adventure, and let me tell you, he has. Uh, he's, he is an actor. Uh, he was a soldier in the Army. He's been a bodyguard. He's a martial arts instructor. He's a Reiki master. He's also been a bouncer. Currently, he's working in film and television as both an actor and a stuntman. And you can see him on The Long Road Home and Marvel's The Gifted.
0: Which we did see him on Marvel's The Gifted. It was so cool. And we'll talk about that in the podcast. You'll hear all about that.
1: We did. It's always fun to be watching television and go, I I know that guy.
0: I've had that experience before because if you don't know, Steve was actually in the opening scene of the movie Eagle Eye. So you can go and get the movie Eagle Eye and pause on that first scene where they're (laughs) flying a drone over and Steve wrote the scene and he's in the scene.
1: Yeah, good luck catching me because if you're not really quick, it's uh, like a millisecond on the screen.
0: Oh, you'll be able to pause it and catch him. Look at his picture and then see if you can pick out which one he is. You should definitely go do that. Now let's go talk to Charlie and Beth. Great. Okay, welcome to the Tactical Kitchen, Charlie and Beth. We are really excited to have you guys on our show today.
1: Yes, we are. Uh, Charlie is a very old friend of mine, and uh, he has a great story, and that's why we asked uh, this amazing couple to be on here so they could tell us how they have been doing on a keto or a carnivore diet.
0: Cool. So tell us a little bit about yourselves.
3: Well, my name is Beth Parrish, and Charlie and I have been together about 12 years, and we met actually through MySpace. He saw a picture of me on my horse. And I've been teaching horseback riding for 18 years. And, um, yeah, I just love teaching and riding horses. And I also write. So I've been doing some fiction books as well. And just been a very active, happy person for many years. And trying out this keto carnivore diet has been quite interesting. So I'd love to get into that more. Go ahead, Charlie.
2: Um. Mm Like Steve said, we've known each other since uh, college, uh, way back when we were still chiseling our names on stone tablets. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've been mostly a stunt man uh, for uh, years and years, a couple of decades, but I've uh, traveled around doing all kinds of other things as well, uh, I was a soldier, I've been a bodyguard, a bouncer, a martial artist, a Reiki master, I, I do all kinds of stuff, I always kind of stay active And uh, I'm a little bit of a renegade when it comes to how I do things. So when you guys introduced me to the ketogenic diet, it kind of struck a chord with me because it's outside what people would call the conventional wisdom. And that's sort of where I live.
0: Yeah. So when you talk about wanting to do something out kind of outside that box or outside those parameters, when you first tried keto, what, what were your
2: first thoughts? Well, the thing that first led me to be interested is when you guys talked about clearing up brain fog. Because you know, over the course of my life, I've landed on my head several times, Um, (laughs) sometimes for pay and sometimes just because. And uh, there's a bit of brain fog that comes with that. So I was really looking for a way around some of those issues, and uh, starting with keto, that really it those effects started immediately. Um, within the first few days of being in ketosis, my, my thought process was clearer and sharper, and I just really started noticing those changes early. Um, and it was unlike anything I'd tried before. And for the first time, I, the idea of a diet seemed really easy to me.
0: It didn't feel like a diet, does it? Not when you're eating all that delicious fat, yeah. bacon.
2: And I remember Steve talking about being on the road and his road snack was bacon dipped in butter. And I thought I can live on any diet that allows that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Most guys don't have a problem with eating a lot of bacon and butter.
0: That's true. So my question would be then, Beth, when did you notice the brain fog clearing up for Charlie?
3: (laughs) Pretty quickly. I can pick up. (laughs) I'm very sensitive to him and, um, I noticed he also was less frustrated by little things, which is always nice.
0: So that kind of like that kind of keyed up anxiety or the brain fog, different things when uh, I've noticed that I think with Steve too, that you are just a lot more able to handle stressful situations like traffic.
1: Right. And Charlie and I have talked about this before, both of us being prior military and being in and jobs that were very difficult, you have this uh, hyper vigilance that you maintain, and you're always turned on, and it's hard to turn that off. And some people don't 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 associate that with diet, but I have noticed since I've been on a ketogenic diet, my anxiety levels, my PTSD that I had initially has has gone lower. Like I don't I don't have the issue of I wake up and I feel like somebody's trying to get me, and I have to clear my house. I don't have that anymore. But like you said on a day-to-day just dealing with traffic. I feel like I can deal with that better. I don't know about you, Charlie.
2: Yeah, I, I really do, I, um, and I, I have to think it's probably a, a function of um, just hormonal balance as, long, as, as well as um, the transition from sugars. Because yeah, my anxiety level went down, my frustration level went down, um, and I don't feel like I need to get angry when small things happen. Um, I don't feel as aggressive, but I feel alert, aware, calm, capable, um, all of those things. It it really feels like I've turned back the clock quite a bit. Reverse Uh, aging. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. And as of today, I'm 31 pounds down from my heaviest weight.
0: That is awesome.
2: Yeah, that is.
0: Did you feel like you were really trying hard during this?
2: That's the crazy thing. I haven't really done any exercise other than my day-to-day activity, carrying feed sacks and feeding horses and things like that. Um, I only just recently started adding in pull-ups and and random things. So it's all just been a function of metabolism.
0: Wow. So with being a stunt guy, you have to be pretty active and agile to be able to do those things. So how do you feel like this has maybe played a role in your career?
2: Um, well, it's, it's actually had a pretty big role um, recently. One of the biggest uh, benefits that I've found is the, uh, the energy level. You know, you don't have those, those peaks and valleys like you do on a a standard diet, because when I get on set, we might be going for 14, 16 hours. And sometimes that's, you know, hours of boredom followed by moments of sheer panic. And sometimes that's 14 hours of nonstop moving from place to place, you know, driving cars fast, getting hit by guys bigger than me, getting thrown off buildings. So you never know what the energy expenditure is going to be. And on a regular diet with those peaks and valleys, you don't want to get caught behind that eight ball of not having the energy to do take four, take five, take 20. Um, And since I've been on keto, I don't have that problem. It doesn't matter if we run 18 hours, I'm still as energetic that 18th hour as I was on on the first hour. Wow, that's awesome.
0: And what about like while you're on, on set eating, if you have those 14, 16 hour days and you're going that, uh, that long and that hard at times, do you find that you get hungry or are you able to just go and go and go?
2: Well, for me, it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't feel as hungry as often. Like for me to, to do intermittent fasting is now no big deal. Um, Now, certainly I I had plenty of fat stores to go through 31 pounds worth, I guess, (laughs) but I don't, um, find myself in that, that depleted state of, oh my God, I got to eat right now. Um, so it's, it's really good to just smooth out that bit of, uh, of, you know, energy intake and need because I eat so much fat for breakfast that it'll carry me through the end of the day if I, if I don't get another meal.
0: How does that compare to the way you ate before?
2: Um, When I was on a regular diet, I would get bloated when I'd eat. I I would feel full. And then an hour later, I would be hungry again, because that bloat would, would decrease. And now all of a sudden, there's space there that shouldn't be there.
0: Right. So what was that typical meal normally? Like say, what would you have normally had for breakfast on it? Like a standard diet?
2: Oh God. Uh, On set, it would always be like, you know, biscuits and gravy or, you know, breakfast burrito or, you know, pancakes, just whatever they had. Um, So it would be a mix of, you know, I'd, I'd still be getting plenty of fast, but there'd be tons of carbs because that's what most people eat, you know, hash browns and, and like I said, toast, French toast.
0: And all the good things that go with it that spike your blood sugar, cause you to have hypoglycemia later, like you're talking about, where you just hit that eight. You get behind that eight ball and you feel like a boulder is running over you because you're, you're hungry, you're grumpy. We've all been there.
2: <laughs> and oh, yeah. What I noticed, too, is I would eat and I would feel like I needed to let my belt out a notch right after a meal because I just felt swollen. And that it makes it
0: hard to do stunts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and for years, I, and this only broke a couple of years ago, for many years, I had never actually gotten to do a stunt before lunch. Like they would, they would set it first thing in the morning. Oh yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to hit you with the car first thing in the morning. And you'd get there and like, ah, we had to push that later in the day. And it always ended up happening right after a meal.
0: I love oh, that. Perfect. We're going to hit you with the car first thing in the morning,
2: but we want you to eat
1: first. So you're full.
2: Well, <laughs> that's so great. I'd get there and they're like, oh, I pushed. So I'd have a meal and I'd think, okay, well, this gives me time for that meal to work out before I actually get hit by a car. And then it'd get pushed to right after lunch. Mm. So then I'd have to skip lunch because the last thing you want is to be bloated when you get hit by a you know, a Chrysler. Yeah, that, that's, that's just good. the recipe for disaster. <laughs> now, I know
1: uh, both of you guys uh, recently had had some pretty significant health events. Um, Let's talk to Beth about uh, recently you had a a leg injury, and I want to talk about how having a significant injury uh, goes towards – I'm sorry, healing goes on a ketogenic diet. How that helps you being on a ketogenic diet and having to go through all those procedures.
3: Yes, well – I had two surgeries. Uh, one was I tore my ligaments and my knee off of a horse and had physical therapy. And six months later, I was almost ready to ride again and I slipped on a dog bone and broke my femur. So I've been through it. And <laughs> uh, before the fall off the horse, I was actually in my best shape ever because I was consistently on the keto diet for about four months. And I felt better than I ever had. I was you know, in my late 30s and I felt better than I did when I was in my 20s. And I wasn't feeling those blood sugar dips like I used to. We used to joke and say, it's feed the best time because I was going to get freaked out if I didn't eat. <laughs> and, and I was just looking at some memories on Facebook about like that month before my accident. And I was like, yeah, I've been going like six hours riding and teaching. And now all of a sudden, I think I should eat something. And it, it was amazing to feel like that. Now, granted, the surgeries really put me off because I was on all sorts of drugs, and I still had to um, like figure out how I was going to eat again. And the first two months, to be honest, I didn't do the keto, and it didn't feel so good anymore. But once I got back to it, um, I could tell that the swelling was starting to go down, and my healing started to improve a lot more. And um, now that we've switched to the carnivore diet this past month, it's been incredible where... My whole body, I thought I was going to gain so much weight because I haven't been able to actually exercise at all. My whole body feels like it's losing weight and I'm getting stronger. And I did a really terrible test two days ago and had a pizza, which is like the worst thing I could have ever done. And I felt the swelling almost immediately. And I'm like, okay, I will never do that again. (laughs) We're going to go back to keto or carnivore, no problem. So, but that was a good test for me. Yeah, Yeah, that is a
0: good test because when you take something out of your diet for quite a while like that, and then you add it back in, you really see what happens in your body with that food that your body doesn't really want or need. And it's really amazing. And I thought that it was so incredible that I think you told me you lost five pounds while you've been doing this. So you haven't been able to like you just started PT, right? physical right,
3: therapy. I've been doing PT pretty much since the week after my surgery. Um, okay. Moving a lot. I've just switched today from the walker to a cane and um, just starting to put a little more weight on that foot. So it, I mean, it's very minimal what I can do. It's pretty much this upper body workout just from using the walker.
0: <laughs> right. And so while you've been doing this and you've noticed that inflammation go down, how did that feel though? When the inflammation came back, was that kind of painful? I would it
3: was imagine painful. I, I was a mess last night and when I woke up, it was much better. And I thought, okay, I can't do that again. <laughs> and I even told my physical therapist, I said, I made a mistake. I would have been much stronger this morning if I hadn't done that. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah. We've all made those mistakes. I, I know we've talked to so many uh, clients that have, had done really good for a, you know a certain period of time. And then they went back to that, that one meal that they always wanted, um, like a water burger or in and out burger, any of those type of foods. And they'll call us and tell us, yeah, I had this food and I immediately felt sick or I threw up and I felt ill.
0: Right. We've had people taken out by gummy bears,
1: gummy bears. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. They call, they're like, oh, I got so sick. Cause I ate gummy bears and I haven't had sugar in like three months and it just totally destroyed my stomach. And that's true because your body just, that shows you how poisonous some things are for our system. And it's really interesting. And I know you mentioned moving on to the carnivore diet. And that is something that we also wanted to talk about is what differences you've seen between keto and then taking out those leafy greens and all the veggies and everything and going more just straight animal protein and what that's done for you.
3: Definitely less bloating. That's been nice.
0: Yeah. We've noticed that as well.
2: Yeah, um, I really enjoy the carnivore diet even more than the keto diet. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's meal planning is so simple. <laughs> for sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> or steak or chicken for or fish. fish. Or all three.
3: Or sometimes <laughs> yeah. eggs and bacon again. <laughs>
2: um <laughs> So for me, it's, it just feels so natural because, uh, I mean, I grew up in Southwest Texas where beef was just a staple. Uh, a meal without beef wasn't really a meal. Um, so I really like it a lot. The only thing that I, I kind of miss is avocado. And that's just because I, I crave so much fat now. Right. It's always such a, a fun, uh, fun type of fat to have.
1: Well, we have some good news because we, when uh, we talk about the carnivore diet, we talk about what to add back in and what is that and when, when should you do it? And what was the first thing we added back in? The
0: first thing is avocado. Excellent. And I, I decided to add in a little avocado because we've been doing this for, we've been doing it for over 90 days, the carnivore diet. And it was interesting to experiment a little bit with adding something back in And having an avocado didn't really, I didn't even notice except for it tasted so good. And I love that healthy fat. I don't know about you guys, but Beth, you talked about bloating. And a lot of times people who have some digestive issues when they eat leafy greens or vegetables that have cellulose in them, they just can't break that down. And their digestive system doesn't have those enzymes, so it can be troublesome and make someone have a little bit more digestive issues. And then when they pull those vegetables out or certain fruits out, they all of a sudden feel better. And it, it, can, it kind of plays with your mind a little bit because you've been told all your life you're supposed to eat all these fruits and vegetables. How did that affect you like mentally?
3: Oh, yes. It was... A challenge. Like I didn't actually want to tell too many people cause I didn't want them to freak out and yell at me or something. <laughs> 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 so I, I just had to like stay kind of quiet about it. I just casually would mention it and say, it's okay. We're getting our nutrients. Don't worry. We're good. You know? <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it would, it would kind of mess with me once in a while, but I just wanted to stay the course and really watching you guys, was the biggest help because you do all the research and we know that there's all these studies done. And I started like following some other people have been doing it and they're doctors. I'm like, okay, this is really something here. Uh, and I'm all about, you know, thinking outside the box and trying new things. So I figured it's not going to kill us for 30 days. Why don't we try it?
0: Exactly. And that's what we said. And we, I don't know how it will go for y'all, but I know as we started and we got to that day 30, which we committed to, it was like, I didn't want to go backwards. I didn't want to go the other direction because I remembered having digestive issues, even on keto. And I had totally gotten rid of those and I just didn't want to go back. So it was easy to just keep going. How about you, Charlie?
2: Um, it's, I, I really didn't find it a challenge at all. Because- um, That's
0: typical of our guys. <laughs> right. it,
2: it, Vegetables have always been kind of a taker to leave it for me. Um, there are very few vegetables that go, Oh, I, I I gotta have that. Um, so even when we were doing the keto, I wasn't, I wasn't eating the lion's share of the vegetables. I'd, I'd have my little bit. I would focus more on the, on the protein side of it. Um, so putting, putting those aside was not a hardship for me at all. Um, What's interesting is since I've been in Atlanta, I've run into probably half a dozen other stunt guys that are doing either keto or carnivore. It's, it's kind of becoming a thing in the stunt community. Wow.
0: Well, that would that would be very interesting to find out what drew them to that and how they feel with their energy levels because um, it's a lot of endurance that you have to have.
2: Well, it's it's a lot of endurance, but I think the other thing – Because of what we do, our bodies take so much impact. Um, Falling downstairs, getting hit by cars, doing fight scenes, flying on wires, all of those things really tear at how your body is put together. And Mm -hmm. especially on the carnivore diet, because of the fats and the the collagen and the bone marrow that you're taking in, it really helps repair a lot of that. Um, What I've found is old injuries that used to bug me first thing in the morning – when I get up now, I don't even remember that they're there. Um,
3: It's way less inflammation.
2: Yeah. And I used to, because I'm a rigger too. And I I lift people on ropes. I used to have, you know, a lot of arthritic symptoms in my hands. I don't have any of that anymore. And, and Beth talks about, you know, people want to shake their finger. I always point them at, at you guys. I'm like, okay, Steve's my age. He's in better shape now than when we were in college. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this um, well you know an
1: additional thing charlie talking about doing stunts and you know injuries and and getting hurt a big thing about the ketogenic diet there's quite a bit of research that shows that uh, ketones you know eating a ketogenic diet and having ketones in your system provides a protection for your brain against traumatic brain injury so i know you bonk your head a lot so that's a, another thing that you know stunt guys should be aware of that eating a ketogenic diet gives your brain just a little bit more protection against that TBI.
2: Absolutely. Um, something else I noticed, which is counterintuitive to most people, when you think you're taking in that much protein, that you're going to be sluggish. And, it's, it, and I haven't felt that at all. I felt lighter. I felt quicker. Um, and because of the ketones in my system, you know, my reaction time is faster. So the chances of accidentally hitting my head have gone down you know, by a huge margin. At now least now I only did hit in the head when they pay me to.
0: <laughs> I have to get paid for that.
2: Now,
1: uh, for both of you guys, when you're you a keto and then you went carnivore, did you see a difference in your uh, digestion? And also, when we talk about digestion, we talk about poop.
3: Yep.
1: I'm always going to bring up poop. So
0: that's my subject. That's my favorite subject.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> we're bringing it up and bringing it out.
3: Well, it comes out a lot easier, that's for sure. There you go. There you go.
2: Um, what I find is, is I actually poop less.
0: That's pretty common with a carnivore diet. There's, there's less fiber, so less bulk. Yeah. There's less waste.
1: it, it is. Uh, my, my poop pell's in comparison to my previous poop. Where, uh, you know, my previous poop was like a, an offering to the poop gods. You know, now I wouldn't show it to anybody because I'm like, that's not very much poop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nothing to brag about, nothing,
1: is no, it? Nothing to brag about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, since we're on the subject of poop, when I was on a standard diet, you know, the running joke around close friends is, you know, if Charlie's going to the bathroom, keep a plumber on speed dial. <laughs> no, okay.
1: Okay. The same thing happened to me. I could clog pretty much any toilet.
2: Yeah, I, I actually I feel, shut down a public restroom at at a a very large uh, restaurant venue.
0: I feel like this podcast is going in a really interesting yeah, direction. This
1: podcast has definitely gone to the toilet. <laughs>
0: well, you shut down a restaurant, a public restroom.
2: Yes um
0: that is fantastic
2: yeah it, it was so bad that other people that were in the restroom with me at the time were asking if they needed to call somebody for help like <laughs> you need help, are you okay i'm fine just give me <laughs> a minute
1: so so uh needless to say it's gotten better pooping's gotten yes. better
2: yeah um because
0: that can't run something. away right now that's huh? That good, because Beth can't run away right now. Yeah, she's still yeah. recovering.
2: Thank God we got two bathrooms. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first couple of days were pretty exciting. Because um, when it's time, you you don't trust a fart. It's never it's trust incredible. a fart. And then uh, after that, it, it you know I I got into a pretty solid schedule. First thing in the morning, I have my bulletproof coffee, and about twenty minutes later, I. I go to the reading room. Mm. The
0: reading room.
2: Uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it.
0: And and you know we find that it's pretty common with most of the people who we've either read about, heard, talk about their carnivore diet, or even for us ourselves, is that everything becomes really normal. It gets like we've said before on uh, one of our previous podcasts. It gets a little weird for just a little while, but sometimes it's your body cleaning out what it needs to clean out, you're detoxing, and sometimes there's going to be diarrhea that comes with that, and that's okay. Um, If you're not in pain and cramping and having fever, typically if you're changing your diet, you can maybe expect some digestive differences, we'll call them, but once it normalizes and kind of regulates, it's like clockwork, it really is. I'm for me. I would say I could almost set my watch. I'm like you, Charlie. I'm get up, I have my coffee, and then a little while later, things happen, and we're good to go for the day. So it's pretty. It's pretty um, predictable.
1: Well, I think it's a great point to point or, or time to point out that the carnivore diet is kind of an elimination diet. We've talked about this before. Yes. That after you do it for so long, if you add one thing back into your diet, now you can pinpoint how it affects your digestion, how it makes you feel as your energy levels, because you know how you feel on carnivore. If you add back, let's just say you add back an avocado. If you have anything, you know, that happens, that's not, not good. Then, you know, it was the avocado. Or if you add back in asparagus or broccoli or whatever you want to add back in, now you can pinpoint what a certain food is doing to your digestion.
0: Yeah. Or your joints or brain fog or anything like anything that.
1: Anything like
3: that.
2: Yeah. What, what I find interesting, what I noticed is when I transitioned from a conventional diet to a keto diet, yeah, I, I went through the, the keto flu like everybody else, the carb flu um, lasted about a week. And then my energy level started coming back up pretty quickly. But when I transitioned from keto to carnivore, I didn't feel any um, decline of energy. I didn't feel like anything needed to, to get cleaned out everything just felt very progressive and I lost quite a bit of weight on the keto diet. But as soon as I transitioned to carnivore, that's when I saw the really rapid weight loss and my energy, which was already good, kind of doubled at that point. Um, So even with the changes in digestion, I never felt like there was anything wrong. Uh, Everything felt like it was progressing to something better.
1: Wow. That's great.
0: Yeah. And something about uh, when you go carnivore that people fear is what you said earlier, protein. A lot of people are afraid who have come from a keto diet and the keto community in certain areas really has a fear of having too much protein because you're going to go into gluconeogenesis and it's going to turn to sugar. So, did you have that fear going into the carnivore diet that, oh, I wonder if I'm going to eat too much protein and that's going to affect me negatively, like you said earlier about, um, you know, maybe feeling sluggish because you're eating protein?
2: Oh, uh, I didn't really worry that much. Of course, I don't get so much into the macros. I just knew that going in, I wanted to up my fat intake along with it. So I wanted to make sure I'm getting really good fatty cuts of meat and, you know, using as much meat frosting as I can smear on a steak, you know, <laughs> going through the Kerrygold yes. butter. Um, so I just kind of planned ahead to that. And, you know, one cook to another, I always like cooking a fatty cut of meat better than a lean cut of meat. It's just going to cook better. It's going to taste better when it's done. Um, it's just sometimes hard to find those good cuts in a conventional grocery store because most everybody else is looking for 98% fat-free and and all of that. And they're really missing all the good stuff.
0: I know that is, that is a problem when you go to the store for all of us carnivores out there and keto people alike that when you go to the store, you're trying to find those fatty cuts of meat. And like you said, everybody does want 98% lean or 90% lean. In fact, our dairy, we get meat from, They had a mistake once at the uh, processing plant, and they put a whole bunch of fat into the ground beef. And so it was like almost just pink. It was so fatty. And um, she had a hard time selling it because everybody wanted leaner beef. Well, I bought the lion's share of it, and we were just happy as we could be because it was so flavorful.
1: It was delicious. It was the best hamburgers you could ever make.
0: And, and that's, you know, what people do miss out on. Like you said, one cook to another, fat carries flavor. And that's where all the flavor comes from. And it also is our energy source. And Beth, for you, um, most females that we deal with, there's always that question of like, am I going to eat too much fat or too much? What's enough? What's too much? What's too little? Do you Do you worry about that at all? Or do you count anything? Or do you just eat?
3: I just eat. I just have, I love it. I have faith in you guys and the way Charlie's been cooking. And I just figured um, I would just go for it. And I have my own special way of um, energetically shifting my ideas about eating. Like I actually will put my hands over my food and I bless it and I thank it for dying for me. And then I kind of create a, like a happy vibration that it's going to help my whole body heal and feel good.
0: That is beautiful. And I hope everyone takes that with them when they listen to this podcast because that is so helpful to people on so many levels.
3: Yeah, because I think everything is energy. Even plants have feelings. So I thought it would be good to just realize that as a human being, we have to have energy. And, you know, as long as it's coming from a good source, and hopefully the animal had a happier life than most, then. We're okay. So,
1: yeah. Wow, that's a great point. And we we try to teach people that as well. You know, before you eat, be grateful for your food. If you eat in a grateful state, you know, you digest better.
3: I even have on my vision board uh, a nice picture of a beautiful setting with flowers and plates. And it pretty much says something to the effect of before you eat, be grateful and graceful.
0: I love that. And a lot of people don't realize that just that moment, like you're talking about, they may not realize it, but it actually puts them in what we call a parasympathetic state so that our digestion can work better. So no matter what you're eating, if you're listening to this, maybe practice that set that in motion in your life, what Beth talked about, you know, just have that moment of, of being grateful. I, I think that is so important.
1: It is. So, uh, a couple of questions I think we covered a lot of the diet stuff. Uh, we threw together a couple of questions because we, uh, we did a little project with Beth, so we figured we'd kind of turn it back on her and ask her a few important questions. Um, what' we have is what advice for both of you guys would you give to your younger self? What would you say to you know 20 year old Beth or 20 year- old Charlie? You probably couldn't talk to 20 year old Charlie he wouldn't listen, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you knew twenty-year-old Charlie, so you, you know that's <laughs> probably right. Um, I, you know, I would say take every chance. Don't don't let other people's opinions guide what you know to be true. You do what your heart tells you when it tells you. You know, go for it. You know, you're never going to regret taking chances. You'll only regret the chances you don't take.
1: That's good. Absolutely. Beth, Beth, can you top that? Come on.
3: Yes, I would say, (laughs) young Beth, (laughs) slow down. Really, really, really important to believe in yourself. Don't listen to the nonsense outside. And um, just look for Charlie. Charlie. (laughs) For Charlie. (laughs) Charlie.
1: That's really good. That's so
0: sweet. And I think it's really great that that's what you would tell your younger selves, because it seems like that's what you've actually done. So you must have already had this whole thing happen. Right. Because you've both followed your heart. You've done incredible things. I mean, really interesting careers, Uh, writing a, a novel, and you're working on another one right now, aren't you, Beth?
3: I'm actually working on a nonfiction. It's going to be the Inspired Riding Guide for Equestrians and their instructors. So I wanted to help riders and I wanted to help um, instructors of all ages and all levels to get them to a place where they can really work from their heart, trust their instincts, and um, kind of be a little bit more unconventional. Our, Our horse industry can sometimes get a little bit jaded And oftentimes I'm often told that I'm kind of an anomaly as far as an instructor, because I'm so focused on feelings and emotions. And a lot of people say, oh, just leave your emotions at the gate of the barn. But the horse can tell when you are not feeling well. And it's good to honor that and actually go through what you need to go through. And then your horse can appreciate you that you're actually being present with them. Well, I saw your video of your
0: horse uh, giving you head massages this morning on uh, social media, which that made my day. That was so cute. And oh, so <laughs> I just loved that.
3: He's a total ham. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could tell he, he had some, he was feeling your emotions. He liked that you were giggling and laughing and oh, yes. he was eating See, it up. He laughed
3: more and more. He's amazing.
0: That is so cool. Okay, well... Did you have any other questions?
1: I have lots and lots of questions.
3: Well, I wanted
0: wanted Charlie, since he eats on set a lot, I thought it would be really neat to find out, A, what they eat on a normal day, Mm -hmm. but also, what happens when craft services is in charge and there's a bunch of French toast? What do you do? So, you can start with maybe what y'all eat on a normal day and then tell us your set story.
2: Well... The nice thing about this business, well, at least now that I'm on projects, when I started on the low-budget projects, sometimes craft service was McDonald's. But mm. as I've moved up on you know bigger and bigger budgets, the caterers are really good about providing good sources of protein. There's always at least a beef dish, usually a chicken dish. Sometimes you get all three, beef, chicken, and fish. And then a whole long t- trestle table of – vegetables and side dishes. So for me, it's really easy during those meals to just, you know, pile on the the eggs and the, the beef and the bacon and, and those things. Um, now on a conventional diet, craft service would provide like in between meals, snack stuff, little sandwiches and things. And when I was on a conventional diet, I would have to have those. Now I can, I can wait out until we get to another meal six hours later and, you know, go for the, the big, good meats and stuff. But uh, I did have a wonderful moment a few weeks ago. I was on set of a TV series and I got there, and the PAs came up to me and went, Oh, well, since you've got to go back straight into makeup, what would you like for breakfast? And I'm like, A couple of eggs and an obscene amount of bacon. i are like, well, What do you mean? I'm like, So much bacon that you're going to be embarrassed and then get more. <laughs> so she writes down ludicrous amount of bacon. So when I got back to my trailer from makeup, there were two um to go containers. One had my two eggs in it, and the other one was full to capacity with bacon. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so awesome. And I could not have been happier because in between takes, when I go back to my trailer, I'd be sitting there and the other stunt guys come by. I'm like, would you like some bacon? <laughs> I have bacon. <laughs> <meat. laughs>
0: Um, oh that's so great fueled
2: by bacon (laughs) yeah now after after 12 hours like when you get to the 12th hour on a movie set then they bring out what's called second meal and usually by then the caterers have gone home so second meal is just whatever restaurant they can get to that's still open that's what they bring you and you know nine times out of ten it's pizza Mm -hmm. um which you would think would be a problem because, you know, I'm on the ketogenic diet and here's this meal and it's something I can't eat. But because I'm on the ketogenic diet, I don't really need that meal at that point. Uh, but what I did find when we were out at Beth's Pizza Extravaganza the other day is I ordered their meat lover's pizza. So it had all of the meats and cheese on top. And when it got there, I just scraped all the toppings off the bread. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this perfect little stack of pizza dough wedges on my plate. And the lady that came to pick up the plate kind of looked at it like it's it's all I, I don't I don't understand. All of the crust is like,
3: <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably so. But it's a good thing to test it, right, Beth? Now you know. Yeah. Well, now we one can thing. go back to
3: like, keto pizza once in a while. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. keto, the keto pizza. pizza. That's an awesome thing to do. Um, go ahead.
1: I, I was going to say, you know, having that freedom from food is one of the things we talk to people about is you're not controlled by food anymore. You're not controlled by I have to eat at a certain time or man, I really have to have this food. You can pass a meal and it's not a big deal. And that, that freedom from food is very liberating for people.
0: Oh, absolutely. And so what, what did, would y'all say you're, normal day when Charlie's not on set, what would y'all normally eat in a day? A lot of people are always curious what, what people on carnivore eat. It's probably going to be kind of boring like ours.
2: Our,
3: our fat coffee, like heavy cream and coffee.
2: And I do mine with, but the, the good, you know, high fat butter and, and MCT oil. Uh, and I, then,
3: yeah. I just have the heavy cream in mine. I don't need the other stuff because I get a little nauseous if I have too much of that right away
2: and then uh breakfast i usually uh cook five or six slices of bacon each and a couple of eggs uh beth's down to one egg Uh, i i do one or two it just kind of depends on how i feel um then it just kind of varies what we have for lunch uh sometimes we'll have stuff left over from the night before like if i cook a big enough steak then there's you know leftover otherwise i'll you know, pull out a steak or, you know, more bacon or chicken and do something like that for lunch. And then dinner is usually a good big steak slathered in butter.
0: Awesome. Sounds about like
1: us. It sounds really good. It's kind of making me hungry. (laughs) And
3: we do have the pork rinds for snacks. And actually last night I had Charlie make me pork rind nachos. So we just put cheese on top of the pork rinds and I had a little bit of sour cream.
0: Oh my goodness. I have not even thought of doing that. And you probably <laughs> just gave a whole bunch of people an awesome zero carb carnivore idea. That's a really good
2: idea.
1: Pork,
0: pork nice. rind nachos.
2: <laughs> she had another good idea that we're going to have to try. Similar to the fathead pizza idea is grinding up the, the pork rinds with some mozzarella cheese and baking that as the pizza crust.
0: That would be awesome.
3: So we might have to try that next.
0: Yeah, you'll have to try that and let us know how it goes.
2: And we found a restaurant that cooks fresh pork rinds. Mm.
0: Wow. I have have heard these (laughs) wondrous tales of places who cook fresh (laughs) pork rinds, and I've wanted to find one, but we live in Nowheresville, so...
3: (laughs) I might be send you a care package.
0: Oh, awesome. (laughs) So... I think that's probably about all the questions we have. But what we do want is because you both have such interesting things going on, we want people to be able to find you. Um, We want, I know, Beth, you have a blog. So if you could tell people where they can find your blog, how they could maybe uh, get in touch with you about writing lessons and things like that, because I know you do online training as well.
3: Yes, yes. So my blog right now is called dreamsandspeedbumps.com, which is <laughs> pretty fitting because I've had a lot of speed bumps along the journey of all my dreams. And that specifically is um, kind of like my free writing about my life. And then I've also started to feature my, I call it my superhuman series with all of my, really cool friends that have wonderful offerings. So if anybody's interested in being featured, they can message me and we can get that going. Also, you can find my books on there as well as the other two companies that I represent. I do a lot of healthy living um, representing those companies. And then for my horseback riding lessons, I pretty much have developed some online courses for equestrians and they're they're really about self-awareness tools. A lot of people have a ton of training online where it's specifically about riding technique. I'm more about getting in tune with yourself and becoming the best rider you can be by learning how to trust your intuition and do a lot of different kind of mental and spiritual exercises so you can really be... The best type of person human for your horse so you can find that on inspiredriding.com so those are the uh, online courses there's a few different levels and then i also do video assessments so people can send me in videos and i can analyze them and give them lots of fun feedback that's really personalized so that's that's another nice feature on there and yeah, I just I keep creating, so it's just really fun to be able to share all of my insights with people all over the world. Wow, that is awesome! And we'll make sure we put links to all of those in the show notes,
0: so people can just easily click and find Beth.
1: Find Beth.
0: Find Beth. <laughs> <laughs> and then Charlie, what about you? I know you do stunt work, so if somebody needs a stunt done,
1: mm-hmm. can you use a um, phone, Charlie? Huh? Can you use a phone?
2: I can. Okay. Uh, I type with my knuckles, but I use my phone with my thumbs. So, um, yeah, uh, you can always find what I'm doing on, uh, the internet movie database, uh, imdb.com, uh, under Charlie Parrish. And yeah, that, that'll show a list of all the shows I've done and some of the things that are in production right now. Uh, I also have a website, CharlieParrish.com. Um, I'm very excited because there are going to be some big changes coming up very soon. Uh, adding some of the other stuff I do as far as uh, teaching self-defense and awareness, um, as well as you know, weapons carry strategies for people that are of that bent. Um, yeah, and you know, always always looking for the next job around the corner, be it acting or stunting or what have you. Um, you know, hope to be the next Marvel superhero.
0: Hey, I think that would be awesome. So a fun fact for all of our listeners is that one night, Steve and I were sitting here watching Marvel's show, The Gifted. And all of a sudden, there's this scene and we're both like, is that Charlie?
3: That's
2: Charlie.
0: That's Charlie. (laughs) And we were just like shocked because we didn't know you were in Marvel's The Gifted. But we knew immediately when we saw it, I was like, that was Charlie.
2: That same episode, a guy that I done a show with in Los Angeles, he was lying on his couch with his girlfriend and he was kind of dozing, she was watching television and he texted me when the show was over, he goes, dude, you woke me up out of a dead sleep. I heard your voice and went, is that Charlie? (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's so awesome is he in the room so yeah everybody can go and find you on IMDB and see what you're up to what you're in and make sure they watch those shows and watch out for you and we'll make sure we put those links that you mentioned in our show notes and that way people can find out what you're up to as well
2: yeah and uh, I'm really easy to spot I'm the prettiest bald man in Hollywood
0: (laughs) and Marvel's next superhero
1: right Well, we really appreciate you guys coming on the show and sharing your stories. Uh, We really think that's going to inspire others to seek out better health. If there's anything else you have that you want to tell anybody before we let you go.
2: Yes, actually, I do have something to say. I want to thank both of you for being such a great inspiration. Um, I never would have thought to go this route had it not been for you guys sort of forging this path. and. Like like we said in the beginning, I've known Steve for many, many years, and he's always been another one of those that has gone against conventional wisdom in search of the truth. And when the two of you got together and went on this journey, it was kind of eye-opening for a lot of us, and I don't think a lot of people have taken the chance to thank you for the, the profound changes you've caused in, in our lives, for sure, for the better. Well, thank you.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm speechless, and that does not happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where thank you go, Charlie? You
0: so much. So <laughs> we really appreciate so that. But I'm sorry, Beth. What?
3: I said thank you so much. You've helped us in so many ways.
0: Oh uh, well. I always say we just eat food. We tell people what we eat, what it did for us. You're doing the work. You know, you're doing it for yourself. We're not there feeding you but I, we're so glad we could be any kind of inspiration to anybody and to help someone else that's our really our whole goal goal in all of this
1: yeah thank awesome.
0: you it's working <laughs> cool
1: well okay well i think that wraps it up for this episode uh we hope everybody enjoyed it and now it's up to you to go out there in the world and, and eat that and, fat and prosper. prosper thanks for listening to the tactical kitchen Hit subscribe and leave us a review.
0: Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com. And visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.